Welcome to another episode of Pat and the Fat Man, where we like to talk about movies, sports, and whatever else we feel like. I'm Pat. I'm the Fat Man. Just the Fat Man. All right. I guess we're going with that. So <laughs> I'm a loose cannon. Get used to it. Yeah. Okay. All right, Mr. Loose loose Cannon. So this week we're going to talk about sports, uh, specifically college football. 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 And in particular, the Texas A&M LSU game. If you're not aware, A&M had to postpone two weeks worth of football, which is why we haven't had a podcast in a couple of weeks because of COVID concerns. Their first game they postponed was against Tennessee, which been, has been rescheduled to December 12th. Their second postponed game was against Old Miss. That has not been rescheduled yet. I don't know if it will be. The honest truth is I think it's going to depend on how we look against Auburn and Tennessee and <laughs> whether or not Ole Miss wants to come in and play. It may not be required for a bowl game contention. From what I understand, the general rule of thumb is that you cannot miss more than two games under the average of all the teams in the conference. Right. And the other problem is the Tennessee game is now scheduled for December 12th. Well, the college football playoff rankings come out very shortly after that i think like the 15th uh-huh. and so it's kind of like a postseason game at that point as strange as that is because college football is is college football is weird in general because of the lack of a play a real playoff system combined with the fact that it's 2020 right. <laughs> and nothing nothing makes any flipping sense so that's where we're at right now. So we've still got a game against Auburn, against Tennessee, but we're going to talk about the LSU game. We're also going to talk about those other games because that's all the announcers talked about during the, the football game was Texas A&M's chances to get into the Final Four, which is the, the college playoffs. The college playoffs, unlike every other playoff system in the world ever. <laughs> only four teams. There are only four teams, and it's based on a coach's poll and an associated press poll on who – gets into the top uh-huh. which we could do a whole podcast i mean yeah. like to talk about that because it's like one foot in the door one foot out <laughs> yeah and teams are weighted depending on their past seasons hey, there's stuff that comes into that calculation that doesn't make any sense at all and something you know honestly i kind of trust the coaches a lot better than i do the ap machine so that's my understanding is it's a machine but either way the top four currently are alabama notre dame ohio state and Clemson. Of those three, I want to say Clemson's the only one with a loss. It's a loss to Notre Dame because Notre Dame joined, effectively joined the ACC this year. And so instead of having one or two teams, typically Clemson and Florida State, who are dominant in the ACC, you had a third team, uh, Notre Dame, which has been playing pretty damn good. And they beat Clemson in overtime. So that put them ahead of Clemson. Sitting at number five is us, Texas A&M, and sitting at number six is Florida, which has been kind of knocking at our door. But the fact is head to, the head-to-head game has effectively kept us a, ahead of them because we beat them head-to-head. We're, we're ranked better than Florida. Now, if you look at the final score of the game, 41-38, they're pretty close, so it kind of makes sense. Uh-huh. So I'm going to talk a little bit about what's going to happen in college football in general. Um, so Alabama's still undefeated, probably going to win out. They're going to win – the West South East conference. They're going to win the West (laughs) and they're going to play against Florida. Who's going to win the East. 
most likely, because they beat Georgia. Yep. They beat everybody else. They beat Georgia pretty damn handily. Right. And Alabama's going to win because I'm pretty sure Nick Saban is a witch that feeds off the blood of young children while handing money out to people. Yeah, so I actually like Nick Saban as a person. <laughs> but uh, he wasn't even at the game because he had to stay home for COVID uh, reasons. And so his, like, it kept coming over like the little ESPN ticker on the bottom. Like it would come over talking about him quarantining. And like there were two quotes. And the first was, I felt like I was helpless. And the other one was, I did yell at the screen several times. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I find it hard to believe. Like, unless somebody was in his living room watching him that whole time, h- how do we not know he wasn't on the phone with somebody going, "Hey"? <laughs> he probably was. I don't doubt it. So, you know, I I think what it goes to show is that the coaching staff at Alabama is not bad, and I I think it's you know it's just a further testament to that because let's face it, uh, I think three or four coaches of major football teams, including ours, including Texas A and M, are former coaches under Nick Saban. So he doesn't put together bad coaching staff. So, and Alabama beat Auburn uh, last week and they beat them like 42 to 20 something, which is kind of what they beat us by. So the Auburn game may be a little harder than we think it's going to be, but Alabama's going to win out. So they're going to play Florida. If Florida manages to beat Alabama, then it puts Florida definitely in the mix for the top four. Well, yeah. And then the question is, is how far does Alabama fall? Yeah. So the second piece of this, so it's the Florida-Alabama game. If Alabama beats Florida, it kind of solidifies Florida not being able to come up ahead of us. Right. On the other hand, for the ACC title, it's going to be Notre Dame and Clemson again. So we're going to see a rematch between these two. If Notre Dame beats Clemson again, it gives Clemson two losses and probably drops them out of the top four. Uh That gives us a way in. If Clemson beats Notre Dame, no telling. Maybe one of them drops out. Maybe neither of them drop out. And then the third thing, Ohio State. Ohio State has to play. Ohio State missed the last two weeks, just like Texas A&M did, actually. But they are at the very limit. They have to play Michigan and I think Michigan State uh, in the next two weeks, or they won't have enough games to qualify. Uh (laughs) So that's another potential in. If Ohio State opts not to play this weekend or next weekend because of COVID concerns, they're out. So there's a lot of different ways AM can get in. But on top of all that, AM has to have a good showing and they have to win out. We've got to win every game we've got left. So it's three. Well, two. So we beat LSU, Auburn, and Tennessee. And, and we have to do it well. We have to do it with style, style points. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so that, that was kind of everybody's view coming into this LSU AM game. And that's literally what the announcers talked about in every break, every single, the reason I can regurgitate this so well is because I heard it 47,000 times. (laughs) When you think about it, that's why, you know, A&M went with such a high profile coach is they're like, you know, he's going to get us into the playoffs. He's going to give us our shot. And it's what his third year. Yes. Third year. Because it's a COVID season. It's the only time that, that we've even looked like we've had a chance. So, you know, that's why they want to talk it up. It being a COVID season, whatever. I mean, if we get in the playoffs, we get in the playoffs, but this is the closest we've been in, I don't know, what, 10 years. (laughs) So the closest we've ever been to the playoffs was the first year of the playoffs. When we got ranked, the first ranking that came out, we got ranked as number four. Uh And then, you know, we rapidly went downhill after that. 
We, right. That was a, that was the year we played decently against Alabama. We still lost. We had won up to that game, and then after that game, we lost to Ole Miss. We lost to Mississippi State. It it just it went downhill from there. <laughs> I think I don't even think. Yeah, Saban wasn't. Uh, who was someone of the coach? Yeah, it was someone. So yeah, this is, this is a big deal. So we'll see. There's lots of different ways in. So let's get to the actual game. So the LSU A&M game. I always do this tale of no defense or tale of no offense. Or this was the tale of punting. <laughs> I mean, you could also term it the tale of no offense, but uh, you know the the end score was twenty to seven. So there was some offense that occurred, but. It was very scant. <laughs> and just to help you folks out here, for once we're talking about something of excess, yet still talking about something bad. <laughs> yes. So AM won the game, 20 to 7. Fairly close ish game. Honestly, it didn't look close the whole game after like the first quarter. It was pretty obvious AM was going to win the game. 21 to 7. So that's 27 points. There were 23 punts. There were almost as many punts. As there were points scored <laughs> by by either team. <laughs> I mean, just think about that. <laughs> I want to say punting yards, LSU's punting yards were 442 punting yards. Normally you put up yards like, you know, running the ball or throwing it. But no, <laughs> this game was all about punting. AM put up 451 yards of punting. <laughs> Basically, what the game was is AM's defense stops LSU, right? AM's defense actually looked pretty phenomenal until the very last drive, LSU's very last drive. AM's defense looked probably the best they've looked this year. They've been getting kind of better and better and better as the, as the year went on, and they looked pretty phenomenal. They were kind of able to just do whatever they felt like with LSU. Until that last drive. And I honestly think it was because they're tired. Because the last drive was literally a minute and a half left in the game. That's when LSU scored. They scored at a minute and a half left. And I'm just looking at some quick stats. And if you really look at it, like everything was more or less even. What's hilarious is that total yards was exactly the same for each team. Total offensive yards was 267. Passing, they had 231. So that's where they got most of their Rushing was 162 for us, and we almost went 50-50 with that. It was 105 passing, 162 rushing. It's funny. They decided to be bad with the running, and we just decided to split the sticks there. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, in a tournament, it was cold. It was raining. It's a grass field. There were plenty of slips, both on the defense and the offensive side on both teams. Plenty of like, oh, I fell down. (laughs) (laughs) But nobody could catch a dang ball. Like So on the offensive side of the ball, A&M looked like they did during the Vanderbilt game. Catch a damn ball! (laughs) Now that being said, we handedly won the turnover battle. (laughs) Yes, we did. Especially with the one... Because they, they lost, they fumbled it once and they threw two interceptions. Yep. One interception that we went and uh, we went down and got a, um, a touchdown with. Pick six. Yeah, it was a pick six. The other interception was wasted because it went to fourth down and we had, I don't know, maybe 15 yards. I don't know, we were at the 15 yard line and they tried to do what you do when you're trying to get a touchdown, which is to just get the ball over the plane. And Mon jumped it and put the ball out there, and it got punched, and it was a it was a fumble. We re- we recovered it, but then we turned it over on downs because it was a fourth down. So that was just a wasted. It was a wasted interception, which was sad. 
Uh, and that's that's kind of just what the offense was. They were sad. Nobody was making passes. Nobody was. Um, they couldn't catch the ball. Mon couldn't throw the ball, and occasionally either Smith or actually I don't even, I don't even think Smith made any decent yards. It took three hours to get through the first half. That's yeah. how bad this game was. <laughs> yeah, Isaiah Spiller was pretty much the only person who got any decent number of yards on A and M. And he was rushing, and two out of three of his carries ended up with him either at the line or behind the line. He was able to make enough first downs or at slash the one touchdown the offense scored was a breakaway. He they, The offensive line managed to, to give him a hole big enough that he took off in and scored a touchdown, which was pretty amazing. But it was literally the only offensive touchdown. The only other uh, points scored were by special teams or the defense. And so what it was is A&M would stop LSU. They would punt the ball. A&M would get it a little closer. They would get stopped by LSU. They would punt the ball. They'd put LSU on like the five-yard line, five to ten-yard line. Then they would stop LSU. LSU would punt the ball. A&M would get close enough and score a field goal. Rinse, repeat. That that was it, and it was AM was pretty damn efficient on getting them within the first like the first ten yards on a punt. I was actually pretty impressed by that. Special teams did that several times to them. Unfortunately, no touchbacks. That would have been pretty amazing. They had they had at least one shot where they could have really done it. So yeah, I the only the only real life that came into LSU was literally the last minute and a half. They were able to make an eighty yard drive all the way down the field and score a touchdown. Bearing into the game, it was kind of sad because I would have. It would have been nice to shut them out. I honestly, coming into this, I wanted to beat the crap out of them <laughs> because they beat us like fifty-two to seven last year. I wanted to beat them fifty-two to seven this year. Mm-hmm. And going into this game, it looked like that was a possibility. LSU has been playing like crap the whole year, and we, our offense and our defenses, have progressively gotten better every game. And then we walk into this, and it looks like our defense or our offense has regressed all the way back to Vanderbilt. And our defense is better. Hooray. Okay. But you can't, (laughs) you can only score so many points with a defense. (laughs) So, you know, and it's one of those things that I'm going to talk about. This might eye roll some people, but about toughness. If the only reason they're going to say that they didn't do as well is because of the weather, AM just built, well, okay, not just built, but, you know, about what, five years since they built those practice fields? Mm -hmm. The giant indoor practice fields? Yeah. The Browns have played before this past week. They played three games at home in Cleveland. And in all three games, the weather was a factor, like high winds, cold temperatures, typical Cleveland weather. What the announcers would say in those games is that the weather was going to play a factor, you know, that the high winds and the rain and this, that, and the other thing. It, you know, it was going to determine which team was going to was going to do better. Well, they won two out of three of those games. It makes you wonder if having those indoor practice fields have done any of those players favors, because a, a lot of NFL stadiums are still open air to the elements kind of thing. And you had mentioned earlier about it was cold and rainy, but that really shouldn't have had the impact. You know, you're at home for once. You know, you have a home crowd. You actually have a sizable home crowd compared to some other college stadiums, you know. Yeah, it was about 20, 27,000 kids, I want to say, which is ridiculously small compared to normal, but it is what it is <laughs> with COVID. Uh, right. And it's probably, you know, without having hard facts, I'll say it's probably one of the larger 
crowds of students this year uh, across the country. Well, yeah, because it's the biggest stadium in the SEC. It's the biggest stadium in the South. I think the big, the only other stadiums bigger are like four teams at the S at the in the Big Ten. It's mm-hmm. like Ohio State, Michigan, Wisconsin, and maybe Michigan State. I can't remember the other one, but those are the only bigger stadiums. So those are the only teams that could have had bigger crowds. And they're more locked down about the COVID stuff. So they're not having bigger crowds. So it probably the AM probably set the record for crowds this year. <laughs> <laughs> so the point being is that to face against a team that bad and to do as marginal or as you know, as marginal as they as AM did, you just shake your head and go, it's just you have a chance to make the playoffs, but you gotta look better. You gotta do better because it's not gonna be that easy. Yeah, that's what I was talking about before with style points. You're uh-huh. not going to be able, like, yes, it's a win. We won twenty to seven, uh huh. But it looked bad. <laughs> Our <laughs> offense looked bad. There's no, you don't get any style points there. Like that's the thing. Like when you look at teams like Alabama and Ohio State and Clemson, they don't let off on the gas. Uh-huh. Like they let it rip the whole damn time. Like we should have been trying to shut them out. Instead, we just sort of rolled over and let them score. You know, their seven. I. <sighs> Right, twenty to nothing looks a whole lot better than twenty to seven. Right. <laughs> Strangely yeah. enough, one touchdown does look does make a big difference when you're talking about like you know polls and whatnot in the. Yeah, well, I shut shutouts don't happen very often. They really, I think the last team we shut out was LSU, but it was like ninety three. <laughs> it was, or 98 either way it's a long time ago so it, it doesn't happen very often so when it does happen it is a big deal so that's the thing going forward against Auburn and against Tennessee we're we're going to have to be dominant against them if we want if those any of those things happen like Ohio State doesn't play their games or Notre Dame beats Clemson or Florida beats Alabama. Like if any of those things happen, then there's a chance we're in the mix, but we're only going to be in the mix if we put up the games. Uh (laughs) And this kind of game's not going to work. And I'm worried about Auburn because Auburn has been better than LSU in general this year. And the truth is they were... They were able to shut Mon down as far as the passing game goes. Right, and I, and I'll say this because it's it's funny on how similar A and M has been playing to the Cleveland Browns. They're finding ways to win, which is great. They have A uh, M's records what six and one, seven and one now. Yeah, six and one. And that's a good record, you know, and, and good teams, they find ways to win. That's just how that is. So I don't want it to seem like we're knocking on AM for winning, but it's great that you're winning, but you're coming to the end. And if you want to be a playoff team, you got to start looking one like one. You got to start acting like one because otherwise you're just wasting an opportunity that you don't get very often. <laughs> right. It's the same with uh, the Browns. And you can talk a little bit about that since I only watched half of this game because I went to the Browns game. But hearing us talk about this made me think about what I've been hearing, you know, about the Browns. And it's like, here we are, we we won. And again, we've only had one loss to the number one team. So yay, you know, you, you can't really fault them for that. And we're kind of critiquing them <laughs> instead of, you know, being like, yay, we won. It's because yeah, we've had six of these and we're looking for improvement because <laughs> we're hoping that if we get to the college playoffs, we could actually do something. Right. The truth of the matter is there are just severely different stakes when you compare the college ball and the NFL. Mm-hmm. Like in the NFL, a win is a win is a win is a win. It doesn't matter how bad you looked. 
because the whether or not you make the playoffs depends on your wins. <laughs> the actual record determines that. Whereas, yeah, it's a beauty pageant in, in college football, which we will have to do a whole podcast on that because uh, I could go on for a while about that. Because and it needs to be talked about because if you're going to have a playoff system, have a playoff system. Don't have a joke of one. Yeah, and I I don't know anybody who likes the system. Like I think I I know lots of people who like the fact that there at least there's a playoff system now, mm-hmm. but it's still like well we got like the worst possible version of that <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i mean they need to look better and you said they play auburn next yeah they play auburn auburn next week so auburn's not ranked anymore after their loss to alabama but before uh, last week they were ranked 22 well that's even more of a reason why we have to win because if they're not ranked then the only way to keep ourselves in this run is to beat them because it might be different if they were like, you know, in the top 10 and we lost to them, you know, and if, if we lost to them in a close game, but an unranked team being a ranked team, just, you're just done this late in oh, the yeah. season. Done. Yep. We're out. So, and that would, that would port Florida very easily ahead of us because everybody has Kyle Trask oh, fever. If we didn't drop out of the top 10, I'd be surprised. Yeah. And probably boost Auburn into the, into the rankings again. So, uh-huh. you know, that's, that's the game. It's at Auburn. Um, it's 11 o'clock. So and I'm only going to be able to watch probably about a half to two thirds of the game. So sadness, but we'll <laughs> see. There does exist the possibility, the very real possibility that having two weeks off did regress the team. And so that's kind of what I'm hoping that was having two weeks off in a row. Like I've always hated bye weeks because the team always comes out of a bye week Never looking as good for some reason, <laughs> which is so funny because, like in football, like the best part about or the when you think about it, the best part about the bye week is that you heal, that you rest, and that you know you get better. So then you're thinking that that bye week you have light practice, but what you do is you work on your form, you work on your strategy, you 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 get you heal yourself up so that way when you come back you look sharper. But it seems like in football it's like oh it's spring break <laughs> and you come back with a hangover. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's kind of what I'm hoping. I'm hoping that's what happened and then against Auburn we're going to be a lot better and or Mon was having a bad day, which let's be honest, they're kids that happens. I mean, my question is is when when did Mond have a good day? Well, he had several good days this year. Look, I'm I'm not I know we've been I've been a Mond detractor for a long long time and I'm still not like ultra thrilled about him, but he he beat Florida. We had a good game against Mississippi State. We had a phenomenal game against Arkansas and South Carolina. So I'm not I'm not saying, yeah, I'm I'm glad he's our quarterback, but he he has the ability to have a good day. So I want him to have a couple more. (laughs) (laughs) Well, especially now as we're coming to the end and there's hope. (laughs) Yes. Hilariously, if we actually make it to the college playoffs, I don't see us winning any damn games. (laughs) Again, exactly like the Browns, like the Browns are right now sitting in the the first seed for wildcard. They're the first wildcard team. That's great. And they should get 10, maybe 11 wins if we're lucky and get into the playoffs. But once there, yeah, I don't see them winning, but, you know, hey, it's the first time in 14, 16 years, something like that. Wow. <laughs> yeah, is it? we're literally the lo- the team with the longest drought for a playoff appearance in the NFL right now. So just making the playoffs. And, you know, and, hey, if they go and they lose, that's about the ceiling that we expected. And, hey, it's a major improvement, <laughs> especially when you consider three years ago they were 1-15. No. Well, yeah. 
three years ago was one in 15 and two years ago was oh and 16 nice yeah okay so why don't we just go through the browns game then and then i'll cover the yeah. uh the cowboys since we're already here so i was lucky that i was home by home i mean in the state of florida when the Browns were going to be in Jacksonville. So me and my stepdad, we got tickets. And so I only watched half of the A&M game, but when I woke up, it turned out I didn't really miss much. <laughs> so that was interesting going through the COVID experience of that. Actually, it was probably one of the more, one of the nicer NFL experiences I've had. I've gone to three previous games in Tampa, two regular season, one preseason game. And so having that space in between people, like three, four, five seats, and usually in any direction, that was nice. Didn't feel like I was squished up against anybody and whatnot. It was against the Jacksonville Jaguars, who were, I believe, like one in nine at the time. But this is one of those situations where your record and your stats are deceiving, much like the AM LSU game, because every one of their losses, the Jacksonville losses, has been pretty close. And when you look at them, they aren't a good team. They just aren't. Most of those guys that are that are playing for Jacksonville right now are either hoping to buffer their stats so they can get traded to a good team or two, trying not to get hurt. But they always play their opponents close. And this was absolutely a game that the Browns should have just won hands down. And if it weren't for their running backs, they probably would have lost. But uh, the offense did its job. We were ragging on Kellen Mond earlier. I kind of was ragging on Baker Mayfield at first about this game because he had missed some blatant touchdown passes. Like one where the guy was just completely open, about five yards on either side of him standing in the end zone, and Baker Mayfield threw behind him. On the very next play, you know, Baker Mayfield throws to an open guy on the inside track to the corner of the end zone, and he puts it out of his reach. And these were two back-to-back plays with two obvious, easy-to-throw touchdowns. And you're just like, what the? I mean, come on, you can't be doing this. You know, this is high school stuff that you should be making. You know, in the end of the day, you you eked out a win, 27-25. It's pretty close. Yeah, (laughs) to a team that you really shouldn't have been that close to. But when you go back and look at his stats, he was 19 for 29 with a touchdown pass, no interceptions, and a quarterback rating of over 100. Now, for those that don't know, I can't say definitively on how the quarterback rating works, but from what I understand that if you're 95 or better, you're a good quarterback. So here we have a guy who looked bad at times, and he's still over 100, court, uh, 100 QBR you know, quarterback rating. Now, he did throw some some impressive passes that were just darts, you know, throwing to guys who were covered and making those passes and throwing long balls like we hadn't seen him do in a long time. But, you know, at other times, you just looked and just, whoa. You know, as fans, you know, people will be like, oh, why are you ragging on him? Because you know you can be better (laughs) and you know you have a chance to finally do something you haven't done in a long time, which is go to the playoffs (laughs) and you don't want to blow it this late in the season. And especially to look like this against a team that you have no business losing to or even come close to losing to. But, you know, our running back, Nick Chubb, phenomenal as ever. There's a, a question that, you know, it's coming time for contract negotiations with him or extensions. And the question is to whether or not you pay to extend him. Typically, the rule is you don't pay running backs because they don't last long. But this guy's worth his weight in gold. I mean, he finds the hole. And if he doesn't, he makes one. There's usually four to five extra yards after making contact with the defense. Guy's phenomenal. On that front, you know, like offensively, we actually did pretty darn good. Defensively, we're a mess. We've been a mess all year, and I I don't know what the solution is, but they got to figure it out because these teams just keep scoring on them. (laughs) 
Once again, Miles Garrett was out this game due to COVID. He's going to be in this week's game against the Tennessee Titans. So that'll be interesting. Two Aggies facing off against each other on their snaps. Uh, Ryan Tannehill. Oh, yeah. is quarterback for the Tennessee Titans, former Aggie. Yeah, Tannehill was uh, was quarterback during my tenure <laughs> at AM. And he's going to be staring down Miles Garrett on the defense on the other side, who's right now in talks of being Defensive Player of the Year. <laughs> right, and I wouldn't doubt it, Garrett. I mean, he looks phenomenal every time I see anything from him. So. Mm-hmm. Like if he's not making the play, he's forcing the offensive line to pay attention to him so somebody else can make a play. And then Ryan Tannehill, Ryan Tannehill's kind of had a bad rap in the NFL. He was with the Dolphins for the longest time, but the Dolphins sucked. I mean, they were just a terrible team. They were talking about it earlier. He's got a pretty decent winning record uh, as an NFL quarterback, but he was traded to uh, Tennessee for to make way for another quarterback. I couldn't remember, but you know, since going to Tennessee. He brought them within one game of the Super Bowl. Yeah, I think he's underrated, and I think he's gotten better as the the years have gone on. So I'm I'm kind of excited to see what he can do mm-hmm. in general with the Titans. So to finish up with the Jaguars and kind of look ahead at the end of that game, like I said, we me and my stepdad were driving home. We're like, oh boy, what are we going to do about Maker Mayfield? That just looked terrible. He's got to be more consistent. And then the next day, I'm going through Reddit and I see someone post the the stats and looking at the stat his stats versus other quarterback stats against the Jaguars, and I went. Wow, he really, you know, like Aaron Rodgers. I mean, he was comparable to Aaron Rodgers in playing the Jaguars. I'm like, wow, maybe I'm just being too harsh, you know, that what we see doesn't match up with with the reality. And hopefully it's better than it looks (laughs) because we face against the Titans, who this is a pretty big game for for Cleveland. Both teams are eight and three. I want to say Tennessee's at the top of their division. Yeah, they are. They're on top of the AFC South. While we're fighting to get into the wild card, so both teams have an interest in in staying winning. where they are, yeah, and winning, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they're both eight and three. And for the Browns, this is this starts one of the three probably hardest games of their season. They got Tennessee this week, Baltimore the following week. They finish the season against uh, Pittsburgh, who like Nick Saban probably is feasting on the blood of young children and are witches or something because they're 11 and 0 bastards <laughs> <laughs> yeah well yeah <laughs> <laughs> it'll be an interesting game to watch cool now on the uh the nfl and the cowboys side of the ball two weeks ago we played the viking cowboys played the vikings and then last week they played the washington football team again uh, against the Vikings, they looked very similar to how they did against the Steelers. Uh, the Vikings game saw the comeback of Andy Dalton to the quarterback position. So we went, we, we moved on from our fourth string back to our second string <laughs> quarterback. And the honest truth is I was worried, but Dalton looked pretty good. It was a good game. The defense played cohesively like they did with the Steelers. They looked like they were playing on a team. They looked pretty decent. The The offense was able to move the ball, which is something that has been kind of lacking. You know, Ezekiel Elliott, when he gets a first down anymore, he doesn't do that like eating soup thing and, and putting his hand out to say that he just does it and goes back, which is good because he needed some some humility considering how much freaking money we're paying this guy <laughs> and how little we're getting out of him. But he's starting to actually move the ball when he's given the ball and, and doing well. Dalton didn't look 
I don't know how to put it, as skittish as he has in the past, kind of folding under pressure and just sort of like the, one of the big problems with Dalton is he doesn't throw the ball away. He'll take the sack instead of getting rid of the ball, which of course costs five to 10 yards every time you do that. And so if you do that twice in one, one series, you know, you're looking at like third and 30, <laughs> which is a little hard to make up. Well, it's cause he's a crazy ginger. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's true. So, <laughs> C.D. Lamb didn't drop the damn ball every other play, which was nice to see, because Lamb—that's uh, just been—it's just been kind of how he's played this year. It seems like every other, every other pass to Lamb, he drops, and it's not because the quarterback threw it badly. You know, that was that happened occasionally with Prescott. And it happened a lot with the other three. But this time around, Lamb seemed to catch the ball when it mattered. Pollock ran well. So the Cowboys in general, they played a good game. And it was a good game. They won 31-28. to It was close. You contrast that with last week, the Thanksgiving game, which is a traditional Cowboys versus Washington game from the old school rivalry. The Cowboys looked good. For about a quarter and then they started to fall apart and then by the second half they were pretty bad they were kind of back to how they looked way back when Andy Dalton got injured <laughs> you know back oh gosh how far along was it so the Giants was when he came on so it was the Cardinals I want to say so he looked he looked about as bad as he did in the Cardinals game uh, we didn't look quite as bad as we did in the original Cowboys versus the Washington football team. That original game was 25-3. to This game was 41-16, to so still not good in any way, shape, or form, but at least the Cowboys managed to score 16 points <laughs> versus, versus a field goal. We're all kind of thinking, okay, you know, what's next year? The, the truth is we still don't have an offensive line. We've got a lot of players in the offense injured, including our, our main quarterback, Dalton looks better than he does, but the reality is that was the, his game to win. Like that was the game he needed. He needed to win personally, Andy Dalton. And the reason is because the bonus he gets paid if he gets us to the playoffs is pretty substantial. And that game would have gotten it for us. Like we, the problem is now Washington is four and whatever because <laughs> because they beat us, and now you know we're still sitting at three and whatever. We needed to beat them and then go on and beat the Eagles later this year and the Giants. Uh, if we if we beat all three, then we're in for sure. If we beat even two of them, it's almost guaranteed we're, we're into the playoffs because of how just awful, awful the <laughs> NFC East is. Because they're all like, I think they're all f- either three and something or four and something at this point. And so really the only, the only games that matter are the ones against each other <laughs> because we're losing all of our other games, right? And so we've been beaten by the Eagles, we've been beaten by the Washington football team, and we beat the Giants. If we manage to, to beat the other three teams, we could win out in our, in our conference. But now that we've lost to the Washington football team, we have to win against the Eagles and the Giants and hope that, they, that all three teams lose everything else. And I don't even know if, if we can make it. So this, this game was important to him, and he couldn't get it done. So that doesn't bode well for the rest of the season. The rest of the season, we've got the Ravens left, so that'll be a bloodbath. <laughs> you know, that's next Tuesday. You say that, but I mean, right now the Ravens are kind of imploding. They're uh, six and five. They're not looking 
great at the moment. I mean, hey, you know, miracles can happen. Yeah, <laughs> and we face them next week, and if we beat them, I mean, that could just keep them spiraling down because they've had a, a huge problem with COVID, so they haven't been getting their practices done. They played, the game was supposed to be last Thursday. They played it last night. <laughs> wow. Yes, on a Wednesday night, they played it, and having only one practice since then, or since, you know, they've had to push it. So, uh, who knows? I mean, uh, I don't even think Lamar Jackson was Kubin, uh last night. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, who knows what's going on in that organization? It seems to be falling apart pretty fast over there. <laughs> okay. Well, so, we get the Ravens. We get the Bengals, which is a chance. We get the 49ers, which... I doubt it, but you never know. And then you have the Eagles again and the and the Giants, which, hey, we could win those games. And if we do, there's there's still a shot. Te- you know, as terrible as we are, somehow still a shot for the playoffs. It should just be hilarious if we get in and the Browns don't. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> it would be Aww. like WTF. <laughs> Interesting tidbit from the NFL. This week's game by the Denver Broncos was played quarterback, quarterbackless. <laughs> they got a running back to play quarterback. <laughs> yeah. Literally every single one of their quarterbacks was out on COVID because they all practiced with each other. So when one of them got it, they all went into testing and they were all made ineligible. So I don't. <laughs> and they lost. Broncos lost 31 to 3 against the Saints. And the Saints are good. So, I mean, that's not, you know, oh, my God, I can't believe it. I mean, the yeah. Saints are good this year. <laughs> but, yeah, they, they only managed to put up three points. So that was the sad <laughs> If I remember correctly, the Saints beat the Bucks twice this year. <laughs> I wouldn't doubt it. <laughs> Tom Brady's first year in Tampa is uh, <laughs> it's been a rough <laughs> one. <laughs> mm, I was actually kind of, like, from a interesting perspective, I was kind of hoping – the Tampa Bay would do well this year because I want them to go to the Super Bowl because then three Tampa Bay teams would have been in their respective sports end game. Oh, you know, yeah. Because you had the, the Tampa Bay Lightning in the NHL. You had the Tampa Bay Rays the in the, uh, the World Series. And if the Bucks had gone, it would have been in the Super Bowl. That would have been just funny, but it didn't happen. Yeah. It doesn't look it, like it's going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> so let's see. The Saints have lost to the Raiders and the Packers. Yeah, they beat the Bucks twice, and that's it so far. So they still have the Eagles, the Chiefs, the Vikings, and the Panthers. But uh, I, I can see the Saints. I can see the Saints going to the Super Bowl this year. They're pretty good looking. <laughs> well, the only team in, in that list that I can't see them beating is the Chiefs so far. Like as de facto, like they're probably not going to win that game. Was the Chiefs? Yeah, the Chiefs lost anybody this year. They're. I mean, they were. They were. Did they win the Super Bowl last year? Yes. Patrick Mahomes apparently is the next Tom Brady, so get used to seeing the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. <laughs> so the Chiefs lost to the Raiders the first time they played them, but beat them the second time. Mm-hmm. But they've won every single other game. So they're, they've only got one loss. Right. I guess the Raiders are looking pretty good. Must be that new uh, Vegas... <laughs> New Vegas mob team. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, I don't know how to put it. <laughs> All the blow they're doing. <laughs> so it looks like the Raiders have lost to the Bills and the Bucks and the Chiefs. And they beat the Browns, of course, but they always beat the Browns for some reason. Yeah, in like the saddest game I think it was ten to six. Or sixteen to six, something like that. Oh, sixteen to six, yeah. 
Yeah, that was that was the high wind game. <laughs> yep. So that's been uh, it's football around the horn for the last three weeks. Lots of games not played, and so not a not a great deal of to talk about. But we'll see next week whether A and M stays on the potential road to the college football uh, playoffs, or whether they drop from the rankings completely because they lost against Auburn. (laughs) (laughs) So this has been another episode of Pat and the Fat Man. Remember, we have a Patreon and a website, patandthefatman.com. And uh, head on there, give us some comments or requests or sponsor us on the Patreon. We'd love that. That'd be awesome. So, And remember, all funds go to support our uh, lovely and talented uh, editor-in-chief. Thanks for listening, folks. It's been another episode of Pat and the Fat Man. I'm Pat. I'm the Fat Man. Stay classy. Go Browns. You're on mute. No, you're on mute. I I can't hear your retort because you're on mute. (laughs) Maybe that was by design. (laughs) One long, continuous beat.